0: In a small Texas town, a bar owner applied for permission to extend his premises, but members of the local church were staunchly opposed to his plans and launched a campaign with protests, press releases, and prayer meetings. Planning permission was granted, however, and the construction began to take work very shortly after. The Christians felt bitterly disappointed until the week before the grand opening when a lightning bolt struck the bar and burned it to the ground. The church folks were beside themselves with joy. Their prayers had been answered. Their cause had been vindicated, and so the furious bar owner decided to sue the church on the grounds that it was ultimately responsible for the material demise of his livelihood, whether through direct or indirect actions or means. Suddenly, everyone changed their tune. All those who'd been trumpeting a miracle days before rose up to all deny all culpability. The case made its way to court where a judge surveyed the brief and said, I don't know how I'm going to decide this. We appear to have a pub owner who believes passionately in the power of prayer and an entire congregation who has lost their faith entirely. (laughs) Prayer. It's such a mysterious and amazing gift, isn't it? Today, as we continue our One Another series, we come to the call to pray for one another. Another phrase for this kind of prayer is intercessory prayer. Intercessory prayer can sometimes be powerful and incredible and also at other times confusing and confounding. Secretly, we sometimes wonder if our small and what feel like insignificant prayers actually make a difference in the face of the problems that we come up against. In the face of a friend receiving a terminal diagnosis or a family member who's severely opposed to our faith. In the face of governments who oppress their citizens or ongoing racial tensions or even in the face of this pandemic that we've all just gone through, sometimes our prayers can feel small and insignificant like we're lighting a match in the middle of a hurricane. Yet the Bible teaches us that our prayers are powerful. I love the way that Pete Gregg puts it. That is why in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus doesn't instruct us to just pray personally for our own daily bread, but he also, for regime change, asks us to pray. The coming of God's kingdom on earth. We are encouraged by Jesus in Scripture to pray, not just for ourselves, but that his kingdom would come here and now in Colwood, in Victoria, and in our province, and in our world as it is in heaven. This is the invitation to intercessory prayer that followers of Jesus are given. And it's what we're going to take some time to unpack and explore today. So if we're going to talk about intercessory prayer, it's helpful for us to understand exactly what we're talking about. Brian C. Taylor defines intercessory prayer this way. To intercede for another means that in our prayer, we stand between or next to them and God. In interceding for somebody else, we are standing at their side before God, asking on behalf of them, or we're standing beside God, interceding for somebody else. We are that person who is going between lifting someone else up in prayer. And in the New Testament, we find at least three levels of this type of intercessory prayer. There are more, but there's at least three levels that we'll go through quickly. First, prayers for others in our church community and in our church family. James 5.16 says this, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. The second level that we're called to in intercessory prayer is to pray for all of God's people. Ephesians 6 puts it this way, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keeping on praying for the Lord's people. And then finally, in 1 Timothy 2, we are called to pray for everyone, especially people in positions of power and authority. It says this, I urge you then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people. For kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. We've been invited as Jesus' followers to pray for and to intercede on behalf of all three levels, our close-knit relationships, all believers across the world and the entire world, our friends and our foes, positions, people in those who are in positions of power and those who are powerless. I love what Karl Barth says about intercession. He says, When we intercede, we are set at God's side and lifted up to him, and therefore in the place where decisions are made in the affairs of his government. That's a powerful thought, isn't it? When we pray, we are standing in the place where God makes decisions over everything. Everything. I mean, think about this practically. If the the prime minister called you and said, you've been drawn at random to come and to sit by my side and to tell me what you think needs to happen for our whole nation, you would probably take up that opportunity, wouldn't you? Some of you would have some very strong opinions what needed to be done in our country. But you wouldn't miss that opportunity to sit at the prime minister's side and to try to influence decisions and share what's going on in your heart and in your life for our country, for our province, and for our city. And as a follower of Jesus, you've already received an even greater invitation. The King of Kings invites you to a place in his government where his decisions are made, and he offers you a place on his leadership team so that you can influence his actions on behalf of individuals and even on behalf of nations. What a powerful invitation that that is. And one of the clearest examples of this power we find in Scripture comes from Exodus 17, where Israel, Moses, and Joshua battle against the Amalekites. The Amalekites had just attacked Israel, and Moses encourages Joshua, and he says, Joshua, take the troops down and begin a defense. And while the troops are fighting that battle, Moses and her and Aaron go up to a hillside that oversees it all, and they begin to pray. They lift up their arms in prayer. And we pick it up in Exodus 17, where it says this, As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning, but whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. In this story, we see the incredible and the powerful purpose of prayer. It is meant to work alongside us physically, tangibly working on the ground to meet the needs in our communities. We are called to care for the poor, to fight against injustice, to stand strong against issues that are close to the heart of God physically and tangibly, but we're also called to stand strong in prayer. We need both of these things. It is not an either or, just do the work or just pray. We need both as a church to be aligned with God and thriving in our communities so that they can thrive as well. This story shows the powerful truth that the Apostle Paul fleshes out later in Ephesians 6. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms god chooses to partner with us and we don't just come up against natural oppression at times there are dark spiritual forces at work that we cannot see and when we pray we are standing against those dark spiritual forces now if you're new to church or if you're new to christianity in general this might sound a little weird it might sound mystical and kind of out there But let me encourage you, if you talk to Christians long enough, you will hear stories of situations where their prayers made a difference in the life of somebody else. In my own life, I have prayed for people and seen physical healing take place. I've seen relationships that looked so far gone that there was no chance for them be restored and redeemed and made whole again. I've seen people with emotional baggage set free. And even as, past, even as James said from the keyboard this morning, addictions set free in the name of Jesus. If you talk to Christians, you will hear them share stories of things that there's no way they could have done in their own power. But God moved through prayer in significant ways. Through our prayers, God partners with us and we partner with him to bring healing, hope, and restoration that is far beyond anything we could accomplish on our own. That is the power of intercessory prayer. So for the rest of our time this morning, I want to just look really practically, how can we lean into that call and that invitation to intercessory prayer? The first thing that we can do is we can be informed. We can find out what the needs are and we can begin to pray. I don't know if any of you are like me. Have any of you rushed into prayer thinking you know what the other person needs without asking them about it ever? You think you know what a situation needs and without asking about it or finding out more about it, you find out later, man, I was praying for completely the wrong thing in that situation. I've done that before. And we can rush into prayer thinking that we know what we need to be praying for, and at times we need to pause and we need to listen and be informed on what we're praying for. One of the really kind of charged topics in our world today is the, the conflict that's going on in Palestine and the Middle East. Recently, I had the chance to hear from someone who lived in that region and they got to share what it was like to be on the ground there, share what it was like to experience living in and around and near that conflict. And this person had perspective on the situation that I did not have. I didn't understand the nuances of the conversation. And they shared from firsthand experience what it was like for the Palestinian and the Israeli people on the ground. And by listening to someone who had experienced this situation firsthand, I know that my prayers were shifted in how I pray for that conflict. And I hope that they're aligned more with the heart of God for the good of all people involved. Because whether you agree with what's going on there or not, we know one thing to be true. God loves every person who's a part of that conflict. God loves every person who's a part of that conflict, and listening to that person's story gave me a greater compassion for the people involved. It wasn't just two sides to a conflict. There's actually people involved with this situation. And this works not just on global issues, but it works in relationships every day too. When someone comes to mind for you to pray for them, listening and seeking to be informed can help shape the way that we pray for other people. Richard Foster says this in his book on prayer. When it is possible and appropriate, it helps to go directly to the person to whom we are drawn to pray. This was Jesus' normal, though not exclusive pattern. A simple question such as, what would you like prayer for, can at times be tremendously revealing. Remember, prayer is a way of loving others, and so courtesy, grace, and respect are always in order. Sometimes asking someone, how can I pray for you, or what can I pray for, can open up a host of amazing opportunities for you to pray that you would have never been aware of before. People will share things that you would have never thought to pray for, and while our general prayers for people are necessary and important, sometimes our prayer lives can be sharpened by being informed and listening to people share what's on their heart and in their lives. When it comes to intercessory prayer, my first encouragement for us today is to be informed. The second one is to be inspired. My encouragement with this is become inspired by the possibility of what could happen. Walter Wink puts it this way, "'History belongs to the intercessors "'who believe the future into being. "'By means of our intercession, "'we variably cast fire upon the earth "'and trumpet the future into being.'" when we pray, we are asking that God's future kingdom in heaven would become a reality here and now. We are standing in that gap, asking for that to become a reality in Colwood, in Victoria, in our community, in our city, in our province. We are asking for that future reality to break into the here and now. We are holding on to that promise that God has made that one day he will return again and we can see what his kingdom will look like as we go to the book of Revelation. There will be no more sickness, no more sadness, no more disease. We can begin to pray for those things to come here and now. And if you don't know what to pray for, let me encourage you with this. Turn to the word of God. Turn to scripture. In scripture, we have the promises of God all throughout scripture. We get to see what eternity is going to look like. We get to go through the Psalms and it'll give us words for the different things that we are feeling and what we want to pray for. You can start with the promises of God and what other people have prayed faithfully before you. You don't have to come up with it all by yourself. Praying scripture is a powerful way to stand in intercessory prayer for others. Let me encourage you to, if in the busyness of life, you are not drawn to prayer at all, if if I'm talking about prayer today and you're like, what is that? I have no care or desire for it. Let me encourage you today, start there. Start by just saying, God, I don't even want to pray. I don't have a desire to pray. I don't think about prayer. Start there. And God can open up your heart for other people and for situations that maybe you didn't have a care for before. Richard Foster says this, if we truly love people, we will desire for them far more than is within our power to give them, and this will lead us to prayer. Intercession is a way of loving others. As we seek to love others, our hearts will open up and expand and desire more for them than we can even give to them ourselves, and that is actually an avenue into prayer for us, church. Be inspired by what you don't yet see. Be inspired by the word of God, of what could be in that person's life and in their journey. And you hold on to those promises for that person. The third thing I want to encourage us with is be in community. One of the successful, most successful ways to ask in prayer according to Jesus is in agreement with other people. If you've ever wondered why we say amen at the end of prayer, it's us gathering together in affirmance saying, so be it. We are standing together when we say amen that whatever was just prayed for, we are in agreement with and we want to see that happen too. That is what amen is all about. And it's also why church meetings and prayer of prayer are so important. If everyone prays privately at home on their own, that is still a good thing, but it's not the same thing. There is a unique power that is vested in God's people uniting together in intercession. We see this principle clearly in powerful prayer meeting in the book of Acts chapter 4. Having been warned to stop preaching, uh, Peter and John go back to the other disciples and they, they report what has happened to them. And when the other disciples heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God And as a result, the place that they were meeting was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. The people of God gathered together in prayer and God moved powerfully in their midst. This is where I am so thankful for the men and women of our church and the boys and girls in our church who have gone before us in prayer for the people who have faithfully stood in the gap on behalf of our church, on behalf of our community, on behalf of our pastors and all of the people who call this church home. Thank you to everyone who has done that. We need you. Your work is invaluable. And for all the rest of us, my encouragement is come join in that work. We need you. We need your prayers. We need your help as well. I want to ask you to join with us in prayer. Because we never know what might happen in the midst of us gathering together to pray. A great example of this is out of South Korea in Seoul. Myung Sung Presbyterian Church, over a decade ago, started a prayer meeting with 40 people gathering together at sunrise, and today they have four gatherings before 6 a.m., can you believe it, where over 12,000 people gather together in prayer every morning, now, I'm not going to say we have to gather before 6 a.m. because that's a bit early for me, but <laughs> could you imagine what could happen if we came together and continued to grow in coming together as a church who prays together? As a church who, when you hear of that next corporate prayer opportunity, whether it's a men's or women's prayer night or a prayer and worship night, you said, I got to be there. I got to stand with my church in prayer. I am needed and my voice is needed in prayer too. Church, when we gather together, uniquely the power of God is released. I can't explain it formulaically, but what we see in scripture is when the people of God stand together in agreement, things shift and God moves. So be in community when it comes to prayer. The fourth thing I want to encourage us with is be insistent. Don't give up understand the authority that's been given to you and be persistent. Walter Wink again puts it this way, intercessory prayer is spiritual defiance of what is in the way of what God has promised. That's good. I'm going to say it again. Intercessory prayer is spiritual defiance of what is in the way of what God has promised. In the face of challenges, in the face of obstacles, we need to be insistent and persistent and come back to prayer and holding on to God's word and his promises again and again. And if we're, if we're being honest, this can be difficult at times. We can lose focus and we can lose hope. Perhaps you know what I mean. You've prayed for something once or twice and when nothing shifts or nothing happens in the timeline that you expect, you might move on to the next thing. You might give up on prayer altogether. And sometimes we can approach prayer as almost like a quick fix to the situation that we're praying for. We can look at it almost like a light switch. When we hit the light switch and nothing happens, we just go, well, I didn't believe in electricity anyway. It can be easy to get frustrated in prayer. It can be easy when when we hope for something and when we pray for something and we hold on to something and it doesn't shift and move in our timeline. But let me encourage you, church, there is nothing that our enemy would want more than for us to stop praying. In the face of frustrations, unanswered prayers, or even our own insecurities in prayer, remember the authority and the position that you've been given by Jesus. You are the King of kings and Lord of lords, son or daughter. He loves to hear your voice, and he wants you to keep coming back again and again with confidence, persistently asking him in prayer. John Calvin writes this, we must repeat the same supplications, another word for prayers, not twice or three times, but as often as we have need, a hundred and a thousand times. We must never be wary in waiting for God's help. I'm not saying this is easy. I know some people's stories in this room today where you have prayed for things for decades to shift and it hasn't shifted the way that you expected yet. I know people in our church community who have prayed for things for decades, and then finally something shifts. And my heart breaks in the moment when we give up before that breakthrough happens. So let me encourage you be insistent. You've been entrusted with the authority of God as his son or daughter, and your prayers matter. Do not give up on prayer. Lastly, I want to encourage us today to be encouraged in prayer. You are not alone in this work of intercessory prayer. Jesus is our great intercessor, and the Holy Spirit is interceding on our behalf, praying for us as well. Romans 8.34 puts it this way, Christ Jesus who died for us, yes, who was raised, is at the right hand of God who intercedes for us. And the writer of Hebrews in Hebrews 7, 25, to intensify this truth, says that Jesus is an eternal high priest always living to make intercession. I love how Pete Gregg sums up passages like this. He says, here we have a remarkable insight into heaven as a place of loud intercession. To be in Christ is to be drawn up into his intercession for the world. To be filled with the spirit is to be filled with an interceding spirit. Where we once could ignore the problems of others, we begin to care deeply. We are sensitized to the world's brokenness. We yearn for our friends to know Jesus and our lives take the shape of one single prayer. Your kingdom come. When we pray on behalf of another, be encouraged, church. You are not the only one praying. Jesus is standing at the right hand of the Father, interceding on our behalf as well. The Holy Spirit of God, when we don't have the words to say, Scripture says it takes our groans and lifts them as intercession to God. When we pray on behalf of one another, we join with the work that Jesus and the Holy Spirit are already doing. And we are believing and trusting for God's kingdom to come here and now as it is in heaven. As a church, we are invited to pray for one another. And we can lean into this invitation even more by being informed, by asking how we can pray, by listening and learning how we can pray better. We can be inspired. We can go to the word of God for inspiration on what we can pray for, by being together in community, joining together in agreement being insistent, not giving up and remembering the authority that we have been given and by being encouraged that Jesus is praying right alongside of you. Your prayers matter, church. We are invited to pray for one another as a community who lives together. To pray for one another is an act of love. So really practically this week, here is the homework for all of us. Ask God each day, who can I pray for today, Lord? Who can I pray for today? Who can you put on my mind today to pray for, Lord? And if you know the person and you're able to reach out for them, to them, just send them a simple text or a quick call and say, hey, you came to mind in prayer this morning. Is there anything I can be praying for you about this week? Is there anything specifically I can pray for you for this week? Church, imagine what could happen as a result of this. If our church community, the size that it is, if everyone did this for seven days, that would be over 3,000 people prayed for. In our community, in our city, across this world, over 3,000 people prayed for because our church chose to pray for someone each day this week. So please start your day by just saying, God, who can I pray for today? and watch what God will do through the faithfulness of his people praying together. I'm just going to close off with this prayer that I came across this week and it is my prayer over us as a church, over myself as I want to grow in prayer. And so I invite you to bow your heads with me now. Oh Lord, teach me Teach me to pray. Teach me to pray for all, friend and foe, kin and neighbor, and tourist and terrorist, and brother whom I loathe, and sister who I do not understand. Teach me to pray without agenda. Teach me the syllabus of your mercy, your compassion, your righteousness, not mine. Teach me to pray without ceasing. Jesus, we desire to be a church community who prays for one another. Father, forgive us when we put prayer on a shelf and deemed it as irrelevant or unnecessary. Open up our eyes and our hearts to the power of prayer, to the power of the fact that you invite us to stand alongside of you in the gap for other people in this world. Father, this week I pray that you would place people on our hearts and on our minds who we can be lifting up in prayer. And I pray that God, as we ask them how we can pray, that you will begin to reveal stuff to us, Holy Spirit, that we can be praying for. And God, when we don't know what to pray, I thank you that your spirit can show us through divine revelation, through a word of knowledge, through a word of wisdom, and through your scripture what we can pray for people. So God, help us. Help us to be a people who pray for one another so that we can love each other well and share your love with this world around us. In your name, Jesus, we pray all these things. Amen. Well, thank you, church, for being with us today. If you're if you're new to faith or you're new to exploring Jesus and you want to take a next step, my encouragement to you would be text the word LIFE to 250 478 And one of our pastoral team would love to be in touch with you, to walk with you through maybe questions that you might have as you start this journey. We love you, church. And my encouragement to you this week is who can you stand in the gap for? Who can you pray for each and every day this week? We love you, and we'll see you again next week, church. Have a great week.